morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We do welcome you to Pentecost Sunday and we welcome you to the conclusion of this series entitled Women of Faith. Now our theme verse has basically been James chapter 2 verse 17 where it says, Faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. So the encouragement is certainly we need faith. Faith is necessary, faith is important, but that faith must be then put into practice, put into action. And so all month long, we've been looking at women of faith found in the Word of God, and we've explored how they have put their faith into practice. And so we've looked at a faith that overcomes, a faith that protects, a faith that shares, and a faith that gives. This morning, as we conclude this series, I want to invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 1. So Acts chapter 1, this is the lead up uh, to Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost comes, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues, all of that takes place on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 1 is leading up to it. And so who all is there? Here's what we read in Acts chapter 1 uh, at the end of verse 13. It says, Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So there are a lot of individuals here, but certainly as a part of our Women of Faith series, we're looking at the fact that here were a number of women, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, that were taking part in this preparation of and preparing for the day of Pentecost. So what exactly happened on the day of Pentecost? Acts chapter 2 verse 4 says that, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so we see it's the, the giving, it's the, the birth of the church through the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. And it is, in fact, today, Pentecost Sunday. So this morning, let's examine the process of a faith that is filled. So how can we be filled? What, what might be some of the, the, the things to look at, the process of preparing our hearts to receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit? We're going to be taking a look at the process of a faith that is filled. First of all, I believe that that process involves study. Studying God's Word. Acts chapter 1 beginning in verse 15, it says, In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. Drop down to verse 20, it says, For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. You see, we've got to study, we've got to dig into God's word so that we know what it says. Peter is preaching and proclaiming that the scripture needed to be fulfilled and that this is what is written in the book of Psalms. He did so because he had been one who was studying and studying is a part of our preparing and being open to and ready for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. See, their study of God's word let them have a better understanding of God's 
plan. Judas had taken his life as one of the disciples, and now another one was needed, needed to be selected to take his place of leadership. Sometimes in your life or in our lives, in my life, we might have a whole lot more questions than we have answers. Sometimes we'll, we'll pray and we'll pray, we'll seek, we'll, we'll try to figure things out, but we don't seem to come to an understanding. But many times the answers to our questions are there found within the pages of God's Word, within the pages of Scripture. And many times we don't see the answers because we're simply not looking for them. Uh, we're, we're staring around wondering what's taking place when God has given us some very clear input, very clear guidance and direction in His Word. Now when we study the Word of God, we in fact find the truth of the Holy Spirit. All through the book of Acts, uh, after the day of Pentecost, we see how the Holy Spirit impacted hearts, impacted lives in a very real and a very visible way. Uh, tongues and, and the interpretation of tongues, speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gives utterance, uh, we find that through many parts of the book of Acts. If you take a look at Luke chapter 24, verse 49, we read this. Jesus said, I am going to send you what the Father has promised. Well, what was that? Go back to the Old Testament, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, where he says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And then in Acts 1.8, in this particular chapter that we're studying, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. So as we dig into God's word and we study, we see that it's the promise of the Father given and available for all people and it results in power to be a witness for him. So as we read, as we study, we see all that God's word has to say about the Holy Spirit, about the day of Pentecost and about that opportunity of being filled with the Spirit. So a faith that is filled, if, if you're desiring to be filled, I would encourage you to study. Study is a part of that process. In addition to study, number two, a faith that is filled will pray. Will pray. Acts chapter one, verse 14, it says that they all, meaning the disciples, that group of individuals that was there, they joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. There was this, this sense of teamwork and prayer work, if you would. They were praying to God together. They joined together. They prayed together. Uh, this, was, this was a part of their natural relationship with God and their natural relationship one with another. They certainly could have looked around and said, well, why in the world should we pray? I mean, Jesus, certainly, he'll just go ahead and send what it is that the Father had promised. He'll, he'll send the Holy Spirit. They knew that the Holy Spirit had been promised. It was the promise of God the Father. And yet, they committed to pray. They joined together and they prayed together. Prayer helps us realize that what it is that we're seeking, this, this baptism in the Holy Spirit and all that, that God has for you and I, it is not in our power, but it's in God's power. 
We're not the ones that are able to dictate the when and where, but it is a gift. It's a promise of God. And by studying and by praying, that is a part of the process enabling us to receive the power and the gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit. So a faith that is filled is going to study God's word. A faith that is filled is going to be praying and connecting with God. Thirdly, a faith that is filled is one that is going to be seeking after God, that we must seek. Acts chapter 1 verse 9, after he said this, which was Jesus, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They, meaning the disciples, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. And so this uh, this passage of scripture entails that they were seeking, looking. They were very intent to try to see and figure out what was taking place with God. I believe more than just a kind of a, a scratching the surface and a studying of God's word in a prayer time is that intent seeking, seeking after God. What is the attitude? What is the approach that we take when we study and when we pray? Is it merely the once and done, one time and I'm finished, check it off the box and, and I'm good to go? I read or I, I prayed a little bit, but is there really a seeking, an intense seeking after God for the power, presence, gift, and, and baptism of the Holy Spirit? See, I believe that God honors persistent seeking. Maybe you have been persistent in a whole number of areas. Maybe it's been about salvation. There's somebody in your life, a, a friend, a family member, a coworker, a classmate, somebody from your community or neighborhood. Hopefully it's not just a pray once and well, if, if God's going to do something, I sure hope he does. But is there a, a, a continual seeking where we say, God, I'm, I'm studying, I'm praying, I'm earnestly seeking for you what you would desire for the salvation of this individual. Maybe you're in need of a healing in your body and, and I would imagine it's not just a pray one time to heal me, God, or pray one time to heal that, that individual who needs it, but a, a continual, a constant seeking God in prayer, seeking God in his word. Maybe you're seeking direction, and it's, and it's not just a, a one-time prayer to say, God, help me. Help me to know what to do. Help me to know how to handle this situation. It's an intense seeking of God, knowing he's got the answers for you. I think that same attitude, that same approach can be and should be taken with regards to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. As, as we look at Pentecost Sunday, as we look at the explosion of the Holy Spirit into the church and into the lives of these disciples, uh, there was more than just a one-time prayer, more than just a, a casual study of Scripture. They were intensely seeking after God. Uh, now, at that time, they didn't know necessarily fully and completely 
what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was, but Jesus had said to stay for the promise, stay for the gift, stay for what God had. And so they were seeking what it was that God had. So I want to encourage you right now, maybe you're a Christian who has prayed at, at various points in time. Uh, maybe it's a Pentecost Sunday, or maybe uh, as it comes up in your study, in your devotion, in, in a lesson at church or a message at church, maybe you have prayed for, maybe you have studied or, uh, studied or sought after God, but maybe you have not uh, received that gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to continue. Continue to pray, continue to study, but continue to intensely seek after God. I believe that he desires to give and he desires to bless you with that gift. So don't give up. Keep praying, keep studying, keep seeking intensely and earnestly after God. Believe that he hears and knows and desires to answer your prayers. So pray, seek intensely after God. So you see, a, a faith that is filled, this, this process as we take a look at Acts chapter 1, a, a faith that is filled is going to study. A faith that is filled is going to pray. A faith that is filled is going to be seeking earnestly and intensely after God. Number four, a faith that is filled will trust. Will trust. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 and 7 we read this. Then they gathered around him. The, the disciples are gathering around Jesus and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not up to you for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. In other words, Jesus is basically saying, trust, don't worry. Disciples, they had all these questions. Uh, is it the time now? Is it now? When is it going to be, Jesus? What's going to happen? What about this over here? And, and what about this over here? Uh, maybe you're someone who has a whole lot of questions about the future, or a whole lot of questions about your life, or a whole lot of questions about things that are to come. And so we say, God, what is the answer to this? And it's as if he's speaking to the disciples and speaking to you and I. He says, listen. Don't be worried about all of these things. Don't be worried about all of the details. Trust in me. Trust in him. He oversees all of the galaxies. He has created this universe. He's created you. He's created me. He's got everything under control. Yes, we've got a lot of questions. And, and as it relates to the baptism in the Holy Spirit, uh, maybe you've not had the opportunity of receiving that gift or maybe you've not heard much about it in some of your previous studies. And you say, well, how or why or where or when? We have all these issues and all these questions of the details and I believe he's wanting to say, trust Certainly dig, certainly study, certainly pray, certainly seek, but we can trust in him. He's a good God, a good father who desires to bless his children. See, it doesn't matter what we think, he is the one who's in control. He is the one that's going to take care of things. Our job, we're, we're walking in faith and 
We're to put our trust in Him. Sometimes that's, that's difficult for us. It's, it's hard to kind of give control away to relinquish that. We want to try to hold on to things. And, and if, if, I can, if I can figure everything out, if, I, if I've got my hand in every single thing that I'm doing, then I think maybe I'm able to make it happen. When it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is a gift. It is a promise. It's the promise of the Father that Jesus himself will give. And, and maybe you've got all these questions about the how and the why. And I simply want to encourage you, as Jesus was encouraging his disciples, to trust. Study and see what God's word has to say. Read about that. And then pray and intensely seek, saying, God, I desire, I seek after this gift and this promise that you have said. But when it comes down to it, you and I then have got to trust in him. Every evening, before you go to bed, before you go to sleep, go ahead, turn those worries over to God. You'll be asleep. He'll be up. He doesn't slumber or sleep. He's ready to take care of them for you. So trust his promise. Trust that he's in control. Trust that he will give and bless your life with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So a faith that is filled is going to, well, is going to study and pray and seek and trust. Fifthly, a faith that is filled, here's a four-letter word, will obey. <laughs> yes, obey. A faith that is filled is going to be obedient to God. Check it out. Acts chapter 1, early part of verse 4, it says this. On one occasion while he was eating with them, this is Jesus, Jesus gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. So verse 12, after the events that took place in between, it says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. So they went to Jerusalem and stayed and this also echoes Luke chapter 4, 4, uh, 24, verse 49, where Jesus said, Stay in the city, Jerusalem, until you have been clothed with power from on high. So Jesus is foreshadowing, Jesus is telling about the coming of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and his instruction was, go to Jerusalem and stay there. That's kind of, Interesting and yet kind of challenging for this group of people to wait in one place and they didn't really know how long. It simply said to go there and stay in Jerusalem. Staying put can be a challenge. Maybe you've got a, a little one, you've got one of those little puppies or little kittens and you're, you know, you're pointing and you're saying, stay, good boy, good girl, and maybe offer little treats, but Sometimes uh, they don't really want to stay. They want to be right where you are. Or maybe that happens with individuals as well. The, the concept of staying put, but the concept of obeying what is asked can be a challenge. See, Jesus, he gave a pretty important instruction. He knew that they were not quite ready, not quite equipped, not quite empowered to do what he was needing them or calling for them to do. They would need the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish their mission. 
So he told them to go and stay in Jerusalem, and they did it. They obeyed. The disciples obeyed. They returned and then stayed put in Jerusalem as Jesus had said. The good news is they obeyed right away. Sometimes for you and I, we hear an instruction and we might think about it a little bit. We might kind of mull it over in our minds. And maybe later on, if we, if we feel like it, maybe we'll obey. These disciples, they had instructions from Jesus, not a lot of details. They were trusting in him, but they were also obedient. That, that immediate obedience to what Jesus has to say, that's a pretty important part of our discipleship. How are you doing at your obedience? Are, are you putting into practice and obeying what God has spoken into your life? Or maybe are you kind of putting him off? How about salvation? Maybe, maybe you're someone who has heard about the good news of Jesus Christ. The fact that he's come to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. And you say, yeah, that sounds good, but maybe I'll push it to the side and I'll obey. I'll respond later. Perhaps water baptism. Uh, if you're a Christian and you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and he encourages and, and God's word has to say that we are to follow and obey him in water baptism and he say, I'm not so sure about that. I don't want to get wet. I don't want to be wet in front of people or, or talk about what, what God has done in my life. So I, uh, maybe I'll kind of skip that part. Disobedience versus obedience. How about serving or how about giving? How about getting involved in what God has desired you to do? Seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a promise. It's a gift for the believer. And maybe you say, well, I, I don't know that I really want to obey that. God's word talks about being filled with the Spirit. Not, not as, well, if, if you think about it, the instruction is to seek and the instruction is to receive. As someone has put it, delayed obedience is disobedience. So what is it that maybe God has been speaking, God has been nudging to you about in the word of God, and you've kind of put it off. You've thought, I don't know that I can, or I don't know that I want to, or I, I just, I don't feel like it right now. I'm, I'm going to put it to the side and not obey. Maybe later. I want to encourage you to obey. All of these uh, very kind of general steps and thoughts as a part of this process, I believe plays a big part in being, being open to the fact of God uh, pouring into our lives the power and the blessing and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So a faith that is filled is going to study. A faith that is filled is going to pray. A faith that is filled is going to seek and trust and yes, obey. Finally, a faith that is filled is a faith that is willing to wait. Wow, that's another powerful four-letter word that we struggle with. As we continue in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, the ending part of verse 4 says this, wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus encourages them, speaks to them, and says, you must wait. Wait patiently. 
He says, wait for the gift. And then he says, in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Waiting's not our strong suit, right? It's, it's definitely not something that we do well at. And so when someone says, wait, our initial thought is, well, how long? How long do I need to wait? And then when Jesus says, in a few days, our question is, well, exactly how long is a few? Is, you know, it's more than a couple. A couple is, you know, one and two. That's a couple. So is, is a few three? Is a few four? Does it just mean a, a short number of days? Boy, we've got all these questions. How would you have done if you were one of those disciples? He simply says, wait, stay here in a number of days, in a few days, in a somewhat short time period, you'll receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Oh, we struggle. Even in the midst of our, our COVID-19 situation, we struggle. We are here the, the very last day of May for this service, our, uh, looking to be our last online-only worship service. We began this back into March, middle and towards the end of March, and then all of April, all of May. And towards the beginning part, we're wondering, you know, how long is this, this process going to be of social distancing, of uh, the potential of masks and hand sanitizer and, and businesses and many things being shut down? And, you know, those first couple of weeks, it was a little bit novel. And, and I think, you know, many people had some real good attitudes towards the beginning. But as it continues and continues, the struggle and the challenge of waiting and, and some things opening up and other things maybe taking more time, the challenge for you and I is how do we wait? Well, Jesus instructed the disciples to wait for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We tend to want what we want when we want it, which is usually now. You know, we want food and we want to go into a restaurant. And during these last couple of months, that's not been the case. We want a haircut and haircut, uh, hair, haircuts not necessarily open. And so all of these things, we, we tend to want things and we tend to want it now. And Jesus says, let's wait. Wait for the promise. I'm going to give what the Father has promised. That's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give that to you. But you've got to wait. It was said that the outstanding characteristics of the great New England preacher, Philip Brooks, some of those characteristics were his poise and his calmness. His close friends knew that at times he suffered moments of frustration and irritability. So one day a friend saw him pacing the floor like a caged lion and they asked him, what is the trouble, Dr. Brooks? And so this New England preacher answered. He said, the trouble is that I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. Isn't that true? I'm in a hurry. I'm in a rush. I want what I want when I want it. And that's usually now or already, yesterday. And then he says, but God isn't. Sometimes God's not in a hurry. Sometimes God has a different sense of timing for you or me, and he encourages us to wait patiently. I believe that's what he's speaking here about this gift, this baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is a tremendous opportunity available to you, available to me. So wait on him. In life, let's be patient. In life, let's trust him. In life, keep praying, keep seeking. 
He says, I will lead you, I will bless you, but be patient and wait. So as we take a look, Acts chapter 1, this this preparation chapter, right before the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit came and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues. In the midst of all that, as we prepare and we take a look at Acts chapter 1, we see a faith that is filled is going to, to follow after this process. We'll be studying and praying and seeking and trusting, obeying and waiting. That's the process of a faith that is filled.